back on. Hi, Trisha. I missed you. I know. How's school? School is okay. This is only the second week with kids, but they're learning. We fed them spaghetti today. That was a hoot. Oh, that's always. Yeah. But, you know, it's getting there. Ooh, and I see Scott. I think he has actually arrived. I've been editing the last POV for the last half an hour while I've been waiting and drinking tea, which is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Well, I did some laundry and nursing my hip all of I went to the chiropractor today. Ooh. Yeah, my hip, is, my hip and my back's bothering me, so I'm like, you know what, I guess just do it. Mm-hmm. So, I, so we went, and he's like, do you want your son? He's like, do you want your boy to be looked at? I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, Ark was so, was so out of whack, it was unreal. Aww. Well, he's been playing football, too. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. And so this is the first arc ever got adjusted, and I'm just telling him, like, just need to relax, just let him do what he wants. Mm-hmm. He cracked all his, he cracked all his back, and Arg just started laughing, because he's just like, that's the weirdest feeling and the weirdest sound ever, and mm-hmm. he uh, adjusted his neck, and that kind of freaked me out more than anything. But he, uh, I mean, he, he did well, he's like, all right, he's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, that's cool. So I'm still a little sore. I bet. My hip was out of place, so he's like, I don't know how you're running. I'm like, very, I go, not very well. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Not good at all. Well, we're having major, major storms here, and my internet was fluctuating all last night, so hopefully it won't do that tonight. Scott said one minute. I think he went to eat something really fast. My poor brother was in a fender bender, and they've totaled the car because the airbags went off. So, Okay. I need to, oh, I can add to call that way. Let's try this. Add to call. Hey, we're adding Scott. This is exciting. So he's waiting to find out what he's going to do. Poor kid. Greetings. Greetings. You had a long day at work, I understand. Yes, I did. Annoying because something or other that I did yesterday, I don't know what, but uh, maybe I just spent too much time in bed, which seems counterintuitive, but... uh, Around four-ish, I got a headache. Mm. It hasn't gone back since. Not good. Hello! To start at the beginning of the month, it has to be done right now. It's a Kelly! (laughs) Oh my gosh, Kelly! Hi, Kelly. (laughs) Hello. And a lily dog. I know. Lily is on the floor and will stay on the floor because if she tries to eat my pot roast <laughs> that has been cooking all day, I'm going to hurt her. <laughs> Aww, poor Lil. Whatever. <laughs> I know, we're so bad. We're, um, mom's making soup to can right now and it smells really good over there, but I got sent away to podcast, so I don't get to have the smells, which is probably good because I'll be hungry. I brought a pizza home, but then I realized a frozen one. But then I realized I still had some leftovers, so I just heated those up instead. I eat it. I have a frozen pizza sitting in my oven waiting for eventual cooking. (laughs) (laughs) For later? (laughs) Yeah. That works. Wait, the frozen pizza sitting in the oven? Yes, the oven is not on. It's um, fine. I was preparing to... um, Cook it instead of and then realized there was something else I could eat faster. So, um. Oh, so you're gonna have both? I suppose I could put it back in the freezer, but then. Uh, 
<laughs> I was going to say, it's not going to stay frozen if it's in the oven. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I got him contemplating things. That's true. <laughs> I'm having to build a barrier so the dog doesn't get up on the couch, couch with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> she gets up on the couch and she gets behind me, and then I have elbow dog, mm-hmm. you know, three inch, three inches away from the plate. It's like, you are a little close. <laughs> Trisha, turn your sound up just a little bit, <clears throat> just because you're getting stepped on. How's that? I think that's a little better. And I'll we'll just cut out your your breathing or something. All right, I put that up there. I can't hear her very well. No, you're back. You're back weird again. Hmm. hmm. She's got a funky hum too, but that's okay. That'll come out. I can't hear that. Uh, maybe it's just me. I should close a few things. Calvin and Mom you, were playing Scrabble, and I was sitting there with the dictionary on my computer going, that's not a word. Yes, that's a word. You can use it. And then I'm thinking, I think this is cheating. Calvin's like, ah, it's okay. Yeah, well, tell them that chumpy is not a word. He made up some funky words. <laughs> so, Ryan is leaving tomorrow for London. Ryan and Danielle are leaving tomorrow for London, I should say. Has, has somebody warned the Brits that Ryan's coming? Yes. No, we thought we'd just let him sneak out, sneak attack over there. Let him invade yeah. on his own. <laughs> Bill knows, but he may be the only one. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's been fun. He tried to set me up to record a point of view weekly last night, but his computers, if you click on input and output, it actually has a place that says headphones, and my computer doesn't have a thing that says headphones, so I'm not sure it will actually work. But then I was terrified that I was going to record tonight and have it all messed up because we changed all the settings. But Trisha and I tested it, and it seems to have worked. So, Oh, that's good. We should be good. And we can start whenever you guys are ready. You have to forgive me. If I, 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 You'll hear mute and then not. I, I don't want to, like... Chew in our know. ears? That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starving. Sorry. We appreciate it. I have battery power for two hours. I like this. It tells me how long I actually have power, battery power for. <laughs> and then I'll have to plug in, but that way so you we haven't won't have... No. The, the beans broke. The post holding the beans up snapped in the wind last night and broke all the heck and fell over. And a bunch of produce fell off vines, but we're high enough that we're not in danger of flooding that way. The chicken coop is flooded. Oh no. Uh, and uh, yeah, they just fly above it. And the the little room that's underneath my apartment is got pooling water in several a- areas where it's coming in down underneath the walls. And how far up are you? Um I, I mean elevation. Where are you? We're like 2 or 300 feet. We're not very far. Oh, okay. Because they were saying the cloud levels are clouds. The snow levels are going to be down to like what, 3,000 feet or something like that? Yeah, no, that won't hit us. We're, we're much lower yeah, than that. Yeah, that's all east of you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, they were like, oh yeah, they can expect overnight 60, 70 mile an hour winds. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, the winds have been terrible. But so far the garage is holding up, so that's good. My brother came <laughs> well, the, and batting down the hatches the other day. All of your weather that you're getting, all the storms and everything, they're expected, we're expecting them on Friday. Oh. And it's now, this week it's supposed to be in the 80s, and then this weekend it's supposed to be in the 60s. And of course, it's just in time for, you know, baseball season. Mm-hmm. Postseason. We're, we're in postseason. Still, we're still in it. 
I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> and you're playing us. <laughs> no. Well, maybe if they yeah. if they make it past the reds. Yeah, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah. They broke the curse. So, <laughs> knock on wood. Well, now the Steelers have it. Yeah, the other Steelers. You know, it's funny because the Rams are the same way. The Rams are like one and three. And and everybody's like, oh, well, that's because they're sucking because the Cardinals are winning. And it's like, okay, Rams keep sucking. <laughs> I don't care about football. <laughs> there you go. Well, poor Calvin had a game. He's sick, and he had a soccer game. And, you know, it was like over an hour away to get to the soccer game. Those poor kids played in the pouring down rain. Oh. So he didn't go to school today because he's really sick. But he came up here and hung out with mom, so that was cool. They had a good time. Thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Voluntarily go shopping? What? <laughs> there you go. That's not allowed. What do you mean your underwear is dirty? Ah, just turn it inside out. <laughs> now that I have never done. That's, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> there was a, a... Leno had something a couple of weeks ago. It was like, a new travel items or something like that. Well, one of the items was paper underwear. And it was like, um, there, there were disposable underwear, boxer shorts, basically. And it's like, number one, that wouldn't, they're, they're like, it's not the, it's the Tyvek. You know what Tyvek is? No. Tyvek is, impregnated with a fiber so it doesn't tear. Okay. Because all okay. I can think of is they're going to rip the minute you put one leg through them. Right. But this is, I think they were made out of Tyvek. But they were like, you know, 10 for a dollar or something like this. And and, and Jay's like, you yeah, know, and, and they're supposed to, you know, you, one one a day or something like this, you, you 10 days for a dollar. Or if you're a guy, <laughs> a hundred days. You just, <laughs> oh, five days. Turn him inside out. Five more days. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, God. <laughs> that's wrong. Very, very I wrong. Three months worth of underwear for a dollar. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you're laundering them, I can see them for a dollar, but not the throwaway paper kind. No, 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 no. This is bad <laughs> visual. Don't do this to me. <laughs> it's a guy thing. Of course, Scott. He's getting picked on here. No, no, it's not. I'm not saying oh, it's well. Scott. <laughs> it's not. It's not a Scott thing. It's just a guy thing. There you it's go. It's a general guy thing. <laughs> Scott's an exception. Okay. It's an ex- he's the exception, not the rule. There we go. All right. <laughs> well, oh, I have a blanket across my knees and a shirt across my a jacket shirt across my shoulders because it's cold in here. The heater just kicked in, which means that we'll have more fan noise, but. I'd rather have that than be cold. So, well, I can't hear that from here. So, well, that's good. What are we starting on? Chapter seven, seven to twelve. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's not very long. I'm just enjoying this. It's fun. It really is. It's only two hours on the text reader, so it's not too long. We should be able to whip through it. Okay, good because I like to bed. Okay, and Kelly, I sent you a link. In our chat, so hmm. I have it. There you go. For Friday, September nineteenth. This is episode one ninety five of Potterfic Weekly. 
Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Previously on Pontific Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Pontific Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? Am My I surrounded is. by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. Yes, you are. You are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> 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 I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Part of it weekly. Where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, one in a family of podcasts uh, that apparently are just in Ryan's mind. Today, oh, I guess I should say, I'm Sue. I'm Scott. And I'm Trisha. And I'm back from the dead. No, I'm Philly. <laughs> Yay! Yay, Philly! <laughs> I'm sorry, I just took an extended vacation, I, I believe. <laughs> it was baseball season, what can I say? Yeah, Are you home early or... Are we just nope. running that much late? To that late? Yeah, yes, you're just running that much late. Okay, it's it's nine o'clock my time. There we go. Mm. So yeah, we long days at work more often. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> poor Trisha. She's going to be sleeping on us pretty soon. But yeah, we are reading uh, starting at chapter seven, seven to twelve of Albus Potter and the Year of the Badger by Bartimus Crotchety. And I'm feeling really, really, really outnumbered. Hmm. Yeah, lots of Hufflepuffin going on here. Yeah, I mean, this is a Hufflepuff story. It is a Hufflepuffin story, but it's kind of fun. I love the fact that Scorpius is in Hufflepuff and that Lucius is having a cow about it. <laughs> he would. I love, oh yeah. Lucius you- should be happy that he's just still breathing. Yeah. What do you love? trying to think, uh, okay, wait, oh, uh, did we get to where Grandma? Yes. Tom? Yes. Okay, we are past that? Yes. Uh, I love that she divorced his ass. <laughs> we haven't got to that point yet, but yeah, we're getting oh, there. Oh, that's what I wanted to know about Grandma. We're getting okay. there. That's in this chapter right here. Where we last left off, they had their first flying lesson, and Aldous ended up having a panic attack and uh, having, well... First, he defends the entire group of them from the rogue bludger by throwing a quaffle at the Whomping Willow and all sorts of uh, heroic stuff. And then he collapses and vomits, is terribly embarrassed, and they take him to the hospital, which is where we start. Chapter 7. Trisha's Trisha's favorite part. Vomiting. Vomiting. Yep. With the vomit for Trisha, we're good. There is vomit in it. Hmm. 
<laughs> so we have poor Albus. He's pretty much passed out and he's in the hospital bed. And he comes to and he can feel his, he can feel his dad's hand brushing his hair away from his forehead. And he knows it's his dad. And he kind of wakes up and his dad apologizes for waking him up. And I love Harry. I was just checking your head for a scar. Mm-hmm. Because Albus has become a hero. And all the things that Harry has tried to protect his children from, one of them is being a hero. And Albus has kind of snuck around behind him and done it anyhow without half trying. Poor Albus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Harry. I know. <laughs> so. I mean, you got you to feel for the kids. This kid, I mean, you have a panic attack right away. I mean, it is. Yeah, as much as I love vomiting and everything like that, it's still one of the most embarrassing things in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's mortified. Like, oh, yeah. And especially at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry apologizes to him. And Albus is like, what for? And Harry says, because I haven't trusted you. You were afraid of flying, and it it hurt me that you didn't enjoy something that I love. So I didn't push you. And you're afraid of your wand, and I didn't insist that you use it. I just figure you would when you were when you you were ready, and you were afraid of the sorting, so I told you my secret. And I've tried to make your way as painless and as easy as possible, and I've tried to shelter you. And look what happens. And he says, "You've come become a hero anyway." Mm-hmm. Okay, all I gotta tell you is, hello, Dumbledore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like- he just turned, he, he's Dumbledore. He just, yeah, I'm trying to protect you. I wanted you to have this and that. And like, mm-hmm. he's also a parent. I mean, yeah, you protect you. You try to protect your child as much as possible. But Trisha? Yeah? You need to turn something up because I can barely hear you. Yeah, you're really low. <laughs> <laughs> or put the microphone in front of your mouth or something because you're, it's so, disi- I mean, I have to stop chewing. And concentrate <laughs> to hear your words because <laughs> I can't. I can't hear you over my own chewing, and I'm eating potatoes. Okay, <laughs> that's oh, bad. Oh wow, potatoes. That's, that's oh. that is bad. What is that? Potatoes. Wow, that's a lot better. There we go. Is that Hello. better? That's better. Sorry, I have it like right much. in my mouth. Oh, good. So then we'll have breath breath sounds next. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'd rather Sorry. have that than not be able to hear. Her. Yep. <laughs> But what I was saying, he, he just turned into Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to protect your child and everything is possible, but you can't let, but you can't put them in a bubble either. Life's gonna, life will find a way to get them. Okay? Yes, it will. Mm-hmm. And Alice, all Albus can say is, but I had a panic attack and, and I vomited and they had to carry me to the hospital wing. You know, how is that a hero? He doesn't understand. And Harry the says, is, he kept it together until everything was done. That's what's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's what mm-hmm. a hero does. And that's what Harry explains to him. So. Yeah. I mean, haven't you ever done something you're like, like after you get it all done and everything, then you, you sit there and you thought about of what you just did and you just kind of freak out afterwards. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Sure. You fall apart. Well, it's, it's like people say about having courage. Mm-hmm. Courage is, what's the quote? The ability to do something that frightens you. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're afraid. It's not that you're not afraid. It's, it's not that you're not afraid. It's that you're, it's that you actually stay and, and go and get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
because if you're yeah. just not afraid of anything, it mostly most likely means you're just dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Too. <laughs> That's We're not paying true. attention. I'm trying to remember the quote. There's a quote that says something about basically what I just said. But it's but yeah, I mean it's it's not not being afraid. It's not it's turning your back on it. Yeah, it's doing it in the face of fear. Yeah. Right. Kind of a thing. You know, it's like if you were a brave person, it's like I, the only reason that I was brave is because I didn't turn around and run. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that yeah. the way things are. <laughs> I love this. I Googled courage quotes and the number one, yeah. this is the number one quote that came up on my Google search. It, uh-huh. takes, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Neville. <laughs> Dumbledore. Yep. So this one is, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to... Courage is not living without fear. Courage is being scared to death and doing the right thing anyway. That's the one I was looking for. Yeah. That's the one I was looking yeah. for. Does it tell you where that's from? Um, yes. Shay or Shay Richardson. Hmm. Not someone I'm familiar with. Nope. nope. Good quote, anyway. Oh, I like this one. The brave may not live forever, but the cautious don't live at all. Church mm-hmm. is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. John Wayne. There you go. Okay. Pilgrim. Oh, I'm going to use good judgment. I haven't lost my temper in 40 years. But Pilgrim, you caused a lot of trouble this morning. Might have got somebody killed. And somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. But I won't. I won't. The hell I will. A hero is no braver. A hero is no braver than an ordinary man, but he's braver five minutes longer. There That's an Emerson quote. That's an Emerson quote. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen that in another fandom's fanfic. I've seen that. So wow. here's a Mark Twain. Courage is a resistance to fear, mastery of fear, but not absence of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Mark Twain. That's a good Potterism, actually. <laughs> it is a good Potterism. Okay, Scott. And he's a very portable fellow, Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Take us back. So yes, um, Albus, they, they have a big moment. They, he, he gives his dad a big hug, and uh, but then he's he wants to know what else is going on. Did um, Professor Crumb make it out okay? Because he was, you know, distracting the bludger and uh, took one to the head. Oh, he's Harry okay. says, oh well, you know, he's done that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's in St. <laughs> for observation, but uh, he should be fine. Yeah, and then Professor Bast comes in. And she wants to talk to Albus about his wand because she heard him exploding the bludger all the way up in her office. And they also have a little bit of a moment because she wants to know, like, what the core is. And it's the chimera scale and and things like that. And she says, okay, we're going to have to do things a little differently in Transfiguration with you because you have a really powerful wand. And Albus has this moment of, I'm a freak and then he realizes who he's talking to. And I know, Kelly, you probably haven't read much of the story, but she was transformed partially into a cat, and they haven't been able to untransform her. 
Oh. So she is basically a freak. So she's what Hermione was for yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For years. She used to be an Auror and, yeah. and she's had to come and teach because she can't, she's too much of a cat now. And what Albus says is, I knew it, my wand is a freak just like me. And then he realized who he ta- was talking to and he looked up to apologize and she was just laughing and almost crying. And she says, don't, don't ruin this. And he's like, what do you mean? What did I do? And she said, you forgot I was a freak for a minute. That is the best thing anyone has done for me in years. And he's then, he's just not sure, you know, he's just kind of like, I don't understand this stuff. (laughs) He's a boy, first Mm -hmm. of all. And plus, he's only 11. Yeah. Right. He's not going to understand. But she tells him something that is very important. She says, I'm going to tell you a secret. It's something that took me years to learn. There's no such thing as normal. No one is alike. Almost boring. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone is different in some way or other. Even if they pretend that they're normal as in like these five other people, there's still going to be something that's their own thing. And so there can't really be a standard because no people, two people actually are alike. Mm-hmm. So. Not even twins. Right. And then she lets him know that Especially she's a Especially if they're Weasley twins. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, and we're moving on. Harry comes in and says, you're sprung, kid. Let's go get some food. And we move to chapter eight, which is malfeasance. Mm -hmm. And we walk into a hotbed here because Ron has obviously gone to the Gryffindor table and has tried to get Rose to go as well. And Rose is like, I'm a Hufflepuff. I am sitting with my friends and they've had a fight. And she's at the Hufflepuff table fuming, and he's at the Gryffindor table fuming. And I love her. I don't know if it's right here or if it's a little further away, but she's muttering to herself, and she's just like, I don't see what my mother saw in him. Why in the world did she ever marry that man? <laughs> I can just totally see it. <laughs> so. And Albus comes in and he's like, oh, dear, I'm going to have to make a choice now because all my family is sitting over there. Except Rose and I'm my housemates are over there, and, and then James, of course, says, "Hey, it's my brother, the hero. You know, he should have been in Gryffindor." They all cheer, and he's patting his seat beside him, and that just James does not want to do what his brother wants, mm-hmm. so he gets his back up, and uh, his dad notices, and Harry says, uh, "Well, you, James, you know, houses always sit together, and I want to." go meet Albus's friend, so he goes over and sits at the Hufflepuff table with Albus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love and his little friend's reaction to Harry. Gas. Absolutely. So, Gas, and I'm sure there's a better name for this poor child than Gas, but Gas is sitting with Gaspar. his back to Harry and he's talking to Cormac and he's just like, and Harry Potter's here. And it's not even Harry Potter. It's the Harry Potter. The Harry Potter's here. And then, and then, and then, and he's going on. And McCormick's trying to, you know, interrupt him and say, Harry Potter's behind you. And Gaz is just monologuing mile a minute. And Harry taps him on the shoulder and says, pass the salt, please. And he just faints. It's so funny. But I could just see it. Like, he's talking and talking. And, oh, yeah, here's the salt. And then goes back to his conversation and locks up. Yeah, it does this what? double cake. 
It's so cute. I'm sorry. I'm just adorable. Why does that remind me of Colin Greedy? Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that Harry yeah. signs a napkin. Because we know that Harry does not sign autographs. But he signs I a napkin for for gas and leaves it for him when he wakes up. <laughs> I think it's because he felt... I think he thought it was just so damn funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just yep. terrible. Yeah. And Cormac and Harry introduce themselves to each other. Or, well, Cormac says, oh, well, you must be Harry Potter. And uh, Harry says, yes, and you must be Cormac from the description. So mm-hmm. they shake hands. and But then Albus realizes Corpius isn't there. Mm-hmm. There's something missing. Malboy. Where's Malboy? And she says, well, he just got a, a letter about Quidditch, and he took off. And Albus is like, wait a minute. They're letting him play Quidditch this year? And she's like, well, yeah, you don't think you're the only one that gets to be the first year? And he looks at Harry. You told him no, right? And Harry's like, no, we're going to teach you how to fly. <laughs> you can just see Albus starting to have this panic attack again. There's <laughs> Harry trying not to be overprotective, so the pendulum swings the other direction. Mm-hmm. Completely. Sure, let's put it with the Quidditch team. That's not overprotective. I'll go from one extreme to the other. That's all. Yeah. So, so in the wizarding world, you have broomstick hovering parents instead of helicopter parents. Is that right? That's it. Yes. Okay. I, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Maybe cushioning charm parents. Yeah. Cushioning charm parents. <laughs> yeah. Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. <laughs> and magical, magical bubble wrap. Magical bubble wrap. Yeah, mm. Magical bubble wrap. Well, that way, you know, it doesn't pop. It just bounces. And Albus is like, you know, it was Rubble just paper. a lucky shot. And Cormac kind of throws him a look, but he he covers it up really quick. And mm-hmm. Albus... Because that's why, um, first, Albus is confused that he's even been asked to try out because he mm-hmm. didn't get on a broom, but it's because he nailed the knot on the Whomping Willow with a quaffle. Right. And so, and Harry says, well, we've got somebody that's going to come in and teach you how to fly. <laughs> Albus is just like, I don't want to deal this. So he says, I need to go find Scorpius. And Rose says, not without me, you're not. She's like, I'm not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And so they head up to the room, or actually they head down to the common room, and Scorpius isn't in there, but the cat is. And he kind of has this idea, and he, he kind of gets down on his knees next to the cat, and he says... I need your help to find your master. And the cat's like, kind of nods, you know. And and Albus isn't much of a cat person, but he really likes this kitten. And so they just kind of follow the cat's direction, and, and they've got him cuddled. And, and whenever they come to an intersection, his paw points one direction or the other. And they follow, and sure enough, they find Scorpius up in the astronomy tower. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to say is, don't jump! <laughs> Aww. I'm sorry. That was my meanness out of me. Okay. Yeah. He's leaning against the battlements. So it'd be a lot of work to jump from these kind of towers. Mm-hmm. He tells them to go away. He doesn't want to have anything to do with them. And Rose is immediately gets her back up. And she's like, we don't leave our friends alone. But Albus is a little smarter. And he says, okay, we just brought you your cat. If you need us, we'll be down in the in the cellar. And Scorpius says, wait, don't go. Because he really is looking for a friend. And they sit down, and he starts crying. And they just wait him out. 
You know, they really, they haven't known each other for very long, but they are good friends at this point. Mm-hmm. And Albus wants to know what the letter said, and Scorpius says, Grandpa said no. He won't sign the permission slip for me to play. Not until they overturn my sorting and I'm in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. And Albus says, well, I'm not going to be the only first year on the Quidditch team, and I happen to know there's a person here who's really good at doing impossible things, so uh, come meet my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they head off to the headmaster's office, and I love the gargoyles. Oh, they were <laughs> the hysterical. Are, uh, the gargoyles are guarding Kingsley's office, and the one... They're a gossiping couple. <laughs> they totally are. They're a gossiping married couple, is what they are. Look, Felix, it's Harry Potter's son. What do you need? Well, we need to go up and see my dad before he leaves. Well, sure, go on up. And Felix is like, they need a password. Oh, okay, here's the password. And he just tells them the password. <laughs> it was hysterical. And all I could think of was, I, at first I was thinking it was like, you know, the, the two old men. Mm-hmm. And, 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 um, the odd couple. No, no. You're talking about Waldorf and and, oh, and yes, okay. yes, from yes, the Muppets, yes. the Muppet <laughs> yeah, guys. Was, yes, that's who I was thinking of when I first <laughs> seen them. That was awful. Well, it gets better if you wait. How's that? The screensaver turns on. <laughs> that's good. I love those fish. Mm. As the guys up in the balcony who. Yep, who yep. Yes, thank you. Yeah, nothing I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> my brain totally fried there for a second. It could be any one of those, you know, pairs of comedians that mm-hmm. uh, do yeah, it things. Could be an Abbott Costello. Or, I mean, it's it's a good combination of all of them. They were, they're very colorful. They are. Mm-hmm. One of them is played by Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other is played by Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Robin Williams. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could do both of them. <laughs> Robin could do both of them by himself. He could yes. yeah. very easily. <laughs> so very easy. The only problem is that they, they can't move. And, you know, Robin likes to get up and dance around the room, too. That's true. Well, you know, they move aside. So. Yeah, but they can't, you know. But they can't dance. Shimmy. Yeah. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, cuckoo puffs. Sorry. Here's a, here's a tangent on Robin Williams. Okay. Years ago, I was watching. They were doing. It was election night. Or something, and I was watching Channel Five with NBC Nightly News, or you know, Tom Brokaw was on, and mm-hmm. he's giving the election results and everything. And he had Robin on, and oh, Robin had talked to him about you know what was voting in California and this, that, and the other. And he was very serious, and they and they got finished with the the, the segment, and so Tom, they go back to Tom, and Tom's doing reports, and all of a sudden. Across between Tom and the camera, here comes Robin with a sign that says "Vote," and <laughs> holding it up over his shoulder, and he's like doing the sideways dance across the. And Tom just put his head in his hands and shook his head. I just about died. It was. So what else can you do funny. at that point? You know, you have to. <laughs> I'm it amazed was... that Robin maintained that long. I know. It was funny. I don't even remember what it was. It must have been like 20 years ago, but it was it was amusing. And I, I always remember that, him doing that on, in front of Tom Brokaw. Because yep. <laughs> Tom was like, oh, my God. 
Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't even expect that. Oh, I know. It's like, don't let Robin in, a ca- in anywhere near a camera. Good grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least he was within the subject still. I, yeah. yeah, I was. And he, and he wasn't <laughs> being blue, so, you know, you're good. And, and I just remember that it was like a cardboard sign that that he'd written vote in big letters on it. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> it was fun. <laughs> he is funny. Okay, that was my tangent. All right. This podcast was recorded a year ago, about a year before Robin Williams sadly passed away. We are going to include a short tribute to Robin here. You may have already heard it on the other podcast, but just in case you missed it, here you go. All I hear is sugar. I won't hurt you if you tell me where the others are hiding. Good morning. Morning. How's your Danish? Yeah, sure. It's coming along fine now. Good morning, Vietnam. Welcome to Iron Chef. Tonight, we are going to cook octopus balls. <laughs> As you know, there are eight legs, so you get uh, four sets of balls. <laughs> I warn you, don't try this at all. <laughs> First of all, you have to find them, which is so hard. Why is he all sheepish? All right, you bad boy, but no more freebies. Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Here, does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey. This holiday smells like burnt rubber. God, it's hot in here. My first day as a woman, I'm getting hot flashes. Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the net. Hang on a second. Whoa! Wow! Does it feel good to be out of there? I'm telling you, nice to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, where are you from? What's your name? Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. Important we're not laughing. I just hope it's healthy. I just hope it doesn't make the bedroom set. I love you, man. It's a boy! It's a man! Captain, my captain. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. I come from a deep part inside myself that was actually looking for my mother, but yet I saw that moment when she looked up there and I went, okay, I'll be funny for her, but that, okay, that's fine, work that way. Come back up from that and then realize after a while that I want to be, except you like me, you really like me. No, it's not that. No, it's not that I can be trained. I can actually show you how intelligent I am. I can use a word like delicatessen and know what it means. <laughs> Or invertebrate. <laughs> or invenerate. <laughs> or degenerate. <laughs> Here's my idea for a fucking sport. 
and knock a ball in a gopher hole. That was a straight stick with a little fucked up stick. Oh, you mean like crooked? Fuck crooked! Whacking away and each time you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke. Fuck! That's what we'll call it. A stroke. Oh, here's a bit of back. Right near the end, I'll put a flat piece with a little flag to give you fucking hope. Only oh, do this one time. Fuck no! Eighteen fucking times! So, Tricia, we're, we're coming into Severus Snape territory here. Would you like to speak on Severus? I was just so happy that he had a picture. <laughs> and you know what? And they dumbfounded him. That was my favorite part. Uh-huh. They do. So, first of all, they knock. And his voice says, the headmaster's not here. Go away. And the kids walk in anyway. And he's like, do you not understand English? <laughs> <laughs> And then Albus says, now, now, don't be rude. Mm. And they all recognize each other. They do. And Dumbledore wants to know what they need the headmaster for. And um, Rose um, sort of, they're all a little bit dumbfounded by having these two very famous men looking at them. uh, And uh, And they know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, he goes, you must be Albus Potter. You must be Rose Weasley. Oh, you're from the Malfoy clan. Mm-hmm. It just made me, they're like, wow. Rose says, well, we're, we're not looking for the headmaster. We just want to catch Uncle Harry and Aunt Ginny before they leave. And um, Dumbledore says, well, they haven't left yet, so just wait for them. <laughs> and I just love Snape, Snape being his snarky self and just being a little bit of a little pissant. And it seems like mm-hmm. the Potter has got the causing trouble gene. Acting like the hero and all this other stuff. And then I just love that Dumbledore goes, Young Potter, kindly tell the port- my portrait mate your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just see Elvis' this little gleam in his He goes, My full name is Elvis Severus Potter. If a portrait could have a coronary, it would have been right then. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. His jaw hit the floor. That was it. Oh, the frame, I guess you could say. The frame. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Or if you're, if it's my text reader, the fram. I'm like, the fram? What the hell is fram? Oh, the frame. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so, yeah. And Albus, I love Albus. It's almost worth having a middle, this middle name for the rest of my life. Well, almost. <laughs> yeah. So Harry and Ginny and Kingsley come in, and Kingsley wants to know, how did you get into my office? I didn't let you in. And uh, Rose says, well, one of the gargoyles told us the password. Oh, okay, so you haven't broken in. I just I need new gargoyles. And then they're going to talk I- about what about Scorpius's problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Harry wants to know how close of a relative does it need to be for the permission form, and... Shacklebolt says, well, you know, legalities, we have to, it's got to be grandparents or parents, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they want to know about where's your grandma? Harry noticed when they were telling, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Harry noticed as they were telling the story that we'd heard what his grandfather thinks, and I think we heard what his mom and dad think. But and his mother, his dad's grandma. out of town. Yeah. His mother and his grandfather don't like the idea, but we didn't hear anything about his grandmother. And 
that's because she's divorced grandfather and gone to live in the south of France. Mm-hmm. Or she's gone to tour the world, and right now, last they heard of her, she was in the south of France. And yeah. So, I mean, she doesn't win grandmother of the year or anything like that, but good for her for divorcing that ass. <laughs> yeah, she's she's left poor Lucius. No wonder he's such a grump. Oh, Lucius was a grump before. That's true. That's true. So Harry has an idea. He takes out his um, blue compact <laughs> thing. What, what's it called? The the flame one? What's that called? From Midnight Musings? The uh, tele- oh, gosh. Um, Teleflu? Zipaflu? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, from that other fic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyhow, I can't remember what it's called, but he pulls that out. <laughs> And mm-hmm. and calls somebody. We don't know. I who. liked those. I thought those, that was really cool. I know. I did too. I always liked it. I liked it too. I always thought that was really clever in that fact. So this time they're like little compact mirrors, but he used the compact mirror because it reminded him of a flip phone. <laughs> and he's called somebody. Well, first he asks Kingsley if he can borrow the flu, and then he calls somebody. And out of the fireplace pops this woman that's all fussy and dusting off. And Scorpius turns white as a sheet and says, Aunt Bella? Yeah, wouldn't that scare the shit out of you? Yeah. <laughs> and Andromeda looks at him and says, I most certainly am not. <laughs> and Elvis is thinking, well, this is starting out well. Hmm. <laughs> and why would, he, why, why would he be, why would she be Aunt Bella? Well, we find well, out. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm I mean, lost. even in the story, um, I can't remember in the side of the book. Even Harry thought she looked like Bellatrix. Well, I, I understand that, but but why but is he calling her? Aunt it, would, Bella? it would be great, Aunt, but the Scorpius would have never met her. He's been shown her photo, ah, uh, and told yeah. her portrait. You mean her portrait? And told yeah, I bet you. I wonder if that one screams too. Probably. Oh, I'm sure that they probably froze it mm-hmm. so they wouldn't they may just know, have kind photographs of like, those don't have noise apparently that's true the the wizarding photos mm-hmm. don't have don't have sound i was going to say they may have you know always in <laughs> once in azkaban always in azkaban mm, something <laughs> so she it, andromeda is a force to be reckoned with here <laughs> and she kind of uh, puts albus and rose in their place and says headmaster's office already for shame and Albus is ready to defend himself, but he realizes she's kidding. And then she turns to Harry and says, where's Theodore? And he says, well, he's out doing some investigating. He He's around. And she's like, I want him here. And Harry gets out the flip phone again and says, Teddy, please come now. Hurry up. Get your ass in here. I don't want to deal with your grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it says in the, the second sentence, yeah, that Scorpius wants to know why she looks like pictures of his Aunt Bella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you're uh, right. Nobody answers him. Right. Um, so <laughs> Harry is finished with his call and he sort of interrupts Andromeda and um, Jenny. Mm-hmm. For talking. Mm-hmm. And she puts him in his place, you know, he, well, you're going to wait until Teddy gets here kind of a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jackalbolt definitely needs new gargoyles. Yeah, here comes Teddy. Teddy walks in, and they were too busy arguing about having to let up Rose and Albus and Scorpius to notice that he was just walking past. (laughs) He was, I gotta get new gargoyles. Uh 
And so he asked Andromeda, uh, he being Harry, asked Andromeda to do this incantation, which she does. And all of a sudden we have Narcissa show up and she is just, well, for, and then while we're waiting for this, Scorpius is like, what is going on here? And Andromeda says, your grandmother has some explaining to do. Don't worry, she'll be here in a minute. And here she comes, poor King in. And she turns on Andromeda and she's like, do you have any idea how much that stings? And I just, I just like how she put it, how they, how she explained it. It's like smacking your head into a big thing of, um, Wasps. Wasps for bees nests or yeah, being yeah. lowered head first into a a bees nest. Yeah, not good. Mm-hmm. And basically, this incantation is for bless okay, you. Sorry, it's okay. It was for if they if the blacks were ever invaded, they could do this, and everybody would come, and you wouldn't have any choice but to come and fight. And because Andromeda and Sirius were. Uh, cut out of the family, then it doesn't work on them, but they can still do it to other members of the family, which is just evil. And I love it. Mm, it's fun. Mm-hmm. But Scorpius. And Narcissa is fussing over Scorpius and he's distressed by this. Mm-hmm. He's uh, 11 and doesn't need fussing over anymore. Right. <laughs> he launches himself at her. Mm-hmm. So he well, that is true. You know, she says that as much as she loves him, she can't sign. And Andromeda just lays into her too. You can't break free of leashes even now that you're divorced? Where's your black blood now, sissy? And Scorpius can't handle it anymore. Why does this lady look like great aunt Bella? And Andromeda just, she turns on her. You told him about Bellatrix, but you never told him of me. What kind of person do you think he's going to grow up to be? And Narcissus said, you know, what do you know about Bella? And he says she was he who must not be named's right hand and she killed and tortured people and she was killed just before the Dark Lords fell. So they haven't said good things about her, which is good. They left her very begging a loop though, he knows that she like you said, she killed and tortured people. So mm-hmm. Right. They didn't go into a lot of details, which you know what? You shouldn't you know Yeah. When it comes to that kind of when it comes to family stuff, yeah, you don't want to that. Mm-hmm. So Narcissa and Andromeda have a minute here because Sissy says, you know, you turned me away at Dora's funeral. You told me you didn't want anything to do with me. And Andromeda says, I was wrong. And that stops Sissy in her tracks because, you know, blacks don't admit to being wrong. Oh, hell no. Ah, spider. (laughs) Is it a big spider? No, it was a little one and it got just like in the corner of my eye. Oh, well, that's a scary place for it to be. Well, I mean, I saw it drop down fast, mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened to it. No, it's crawling around on the floor now. It's cool. Yeah. He finds out, Scorpius finds out that Andromeda... Whoa, Hurricane Trisha. Sorry, I yawned. <laughs> that he has a great aunt, Andromeda, and that Teddy is his cousin. And then she says that she'll sign the form. He doesn't know which is more exciting, that he has family he didn't know about, or that he gets to play Quidditch. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, considering the next few Christmases and birthday rolled into one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as this is kind of, you know, settling, Ron comes up, and Chuckle Block's like, Ron, how did you get in? And uh, he's like, uh, Felice has told me the password. 
you need new gargoyles, mate. <laughs> Chekhov's like, I'm doing that first thing tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, that was the best running gag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chapter and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's perfect. And Ron has to say goodbye to Rosie. As much as they're bickering and fighting, he can't leave without without his Rosie. He he really does love her, and they have their little minute together and make things right. And Teddy uh, walks Scorpius back to the cellar, and Albus is walking by himself after he says goodbye to his parents, and he gets lost. And mm-hmm. next thing Just he me for a okay. I mean, he gets he gets caught by the keeper. I mean, the um, groundskeeper, or whatever the hell he is. The, the new goblin and, guy. Yeah, the goblin guy. And, I mean, why is he like kind of like you got to pay me or I won't tell on you kind of thing? It just kind of threw me for a loop. I don't know why I was kind of. I mean, yes, goblins are very. I don't know. It's just it found it to be weird. Well, I, part of it I think is that she's setting him up to be the bad guy in here. If I remember correctly, it, it's been a long time since I've read all of this, but I think that he might be, I think that's part of it. She's setting him up as one of the the possible bad guys, because you don't know who really it is until the very end, I don't think. And I still don't know what a boon is. You don't know what a boon is? A boon is a favor. Oh. So he has promised to do a favor or a, char- a chore or some sort of thing for the goblin when it's needed. Yeah. Okay. Favorite to be named thinking. later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, because I was just thinking, like, what the hell is a boon? Yeah. That was what was throwing me off more than anything. I was surprised that it was late enough for him to get in trouble to, for being walking around the hallways. Mm-hmm. They were just going to visit the headmaster, so... but Yeah, and he's coming back from the headmaster, but... And there are other people around in the hallway. Rose is out, and Teddy, and and so I'm not sure it's really past curfew, but I think that Albus was so discombobulated about the whole thing that he didn't quite realize that, maybe. I don't know. Mm, Could be. At any rate, Rose does show up after the goblin leaves, of course, Mm -hmm. and she has apparently memorized the floor plan, so she never gets lost. Yeah, that'd be Hermione's daughter, all right. I thought, um, I was pretty sure it said corridors and things did like to move around, so I'm not sure how well that would actually work, but I guess mm-hmm. the sort of main areas would probably be fairly stable. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And when they get back to the common room, Cormac is waiting for them. Yep. And he, yes, he is. Partly. He has a message for for Albus, and he, he pretty much lets him know. He won't tell him what he is unless Albus can guess, but because the portrait said at the very beginning of the sorting had said, well, he's a leprechaun for sure, then Albus kind of knows. He tells about... because he acted weird when he mentioned something about what he shot earlier. So. Mm-hmm. And he tells about how he, when he came into his magic, he changed the lights in the car while his dad was driving, and made the red light green, but he didn't make the green light red. And so as they drove through the intersection, a car hit them and killed his father. So he feels like he killed his father. Mm, and Albus, it's a, terrible- it's a terrible thing for a child. And even though he's like 11 in leprechaun years, he, he's, he's 30, but it's still a terrible thing. So really it's mm-hmm. like 15? I, you know, I, I don't know. It's really weird because... 
He's 11 in, in human years, but he's 30 in leprechaun years. Well, and you know, it's like what, if you think about the leprechaun tradition or, or I, I'm not quite sure what the word is that I want. Legend. Legend is that if you get taken into underneath the hill where they live, time sort of doesn't pass in a regular way. So I can kind of see where this is coming from. Cormac's storyline in here is really neat. And we I keep on thinking he's Cormac McClagan. Yeah, no, he's not. I know. But I keep every time I hear his name I'm like, it's Cormac McClagan. <laughs> And basically, he tells Albus that he has the ability to pass on luck, but he doesn't have the ability to make it good luck or bad luck. He's given Albus some luck, but at the same time, he gave Crumb bad luck. That's why he was hit. And so Albus is like, so I really, I'm not really special. That hit on the the tree, I, I, it wasn't really me. It was your luck. And Cormac says, no. If you couldn't have done it, you wouldn't have been able to. I only just increase your chances. And then he tells them about the wand because Cormac's wand has the same carvings on it. So Albus's wand is probably leprechaun made. Mm. Lead to all sorts of interesting things. Yes. And poor Albus, like Scott, now has a headache and wants to go lie down. (laughs) Poor kid. It's too much to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But as he's leaving, he says, you didn't kill your father. I'm sure about that. And Cormac says, well, it amounts to the same thing. He's gone. And we move on to Chapter 10. Vampires, Roses, Wandwork, Oh My. Mm-hmm. And the next day was normal-ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's normal. Hogwarts. Normal as Hogwarts can be. So, yeah. Um, and people are actually starting to sort of murmur Scorpius's name when he's around. <laughs> yeah, they're not avoiding him completely. And he gets uh, another howler, but Rose is better with the muffliato this time, so only he hears it. We can't hear you again, Trisha. It went down. <laughs> Apologize, Trisha. Oh. Yeah. There you are. I'm here. So they cast her on quick draw. Yes. She's got the quick draw thing going now. And Lucius has decreed that, okay, you can play on the team because your grandmother signed the form, but you can't use your broom. And if anybody named Potter gives you a broom, we're taking, we're, we're going to charge them for interference. I was thinking, mm. what about a Weasley? I know. <laughs> I was too. He says no one in any way related to the Potters, so that would count. Yeah. But they decide to have the uh, one of the professors do it, so that's going to work, mm-hmm. we hope. Professor Farrell, the head of house. Yep, because McGonagall did it for Harry. And then they go to lessons, and Scorpius, is, he gets his feather to float, and Rose is trying, but she's, she doesn't have a, a loose enough wrist. Is that right? God, I'm Libyosa. And Albus yep. does... <laughs> and lifts up the entire table. <laughs> Oops. Not the entire. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, because the two of them, um, Scorpius and Rose, are arguing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they sort of get people's attention. And then um, Rose says, well, because Al- Albus is teasing them a little bit about it. And Rose says, well, you do it then. And so now everybody's looking at Albus. And he sort of 
closes his eyes gingerly and does the wand movement because he remembers how to do that and opens his eyes again and the desk is floating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Padma says, perhaps you should keep your eyes open <laughs> when you're casting spells. Yeah, yes, Professor. And she Lily says, says hi. hi, Lily, especially with your wand. There she is. She says, she says hello again. She says hello again. Mm-hmm. Stop barking. Yeah, that's good. Stop barking and throw yourself at me. <laughs> Help, I'm being you never said anything about that. There's a little bit of tension between the Hufflepuffs and Gryffindors at this point because of the whole, um, the Hufflepuff being the heroic one at the British um, practice and then Harry Potter going over to sit with the Hufflepuffs and they're mm-hmm. yeah, not best pleased with each other, but they managed to get through the class. So they walked down to Crumbs because they, they didn't have any more classes to check on him and they get some Romanian lemon bread. And spend an enjoyable afternoon on Crumb's ship. I love that Professor Crumb has the ship docked in the lake. I think that's great. Yeah, he brought the Dermstrang ship with him. Mm-hmm. And a young lady named Summer Sutherland stops and thanks them for thanks Albus for saving them yesterday. You were very brave. And Albus is like, uh, thanks. <laughs> He's like, takes her hand. She's the one with the pretty Hufflepuff with the perfect hair. Uh, And then there's the small shy girl with glasses that always follows her around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, uh, the next day, Scorpius doesn't have a howler, which is good. And all Albus can think about is herbology, because that's the only class that James really liked that he talked about. And I want this. I don't get that. I, 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 James does not strike me as somebody who would be into herbology, unless, of course, it was like a flesh-eating plant. Well, it's this is quite the herbology department. Okay. Because yeah. it's more cool. because Neville's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. Okay. Uncle Neville. Cool. Yep. And this great the the greenhouse is the sprout or arboretum, and basically what we find out is that. Magi plant life in defensive applications was not commonly known before the war. But because mm. during the war they used different plants and things to stop the Death Eaters, they decided, ooh, maybe this is a good thing. We should spend some money on this and fund it and fund some studies. And, of course, there's a uh, Slytherin. We have a, a skeptic. <laughs> A skeptic in the midst, and Neville asks him to step forward, and we find out that his father is sort of on in the ministry, and he says, this arboretum is, my dad says it's the biggest waste of ministry funds he's ever seen. And Neville says, okay, that's an opinion. Has your father taught you how to, how to duel or, you know, any defensive spells? I want you to hex me. And he's like, I'm not going to hex you. That'd get me expelled. And Neville says, nope. And he picks a little flower and he puts it on his on his lapel or in his little button hole. And he says, "I want you to stun me." And so, is the guy's name is is it Clane or Kane? Kian. 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 A N. Okay, my uh, my yeah. L's and I's look the same. Yeah, that's an I. And he he gets him to, to stupefy him, and the plant literally 
blocks it. The plant literally, yeah, blocks it and knocks him down and bounces off and stupefies him. Mm-hmm. Makes so, a little personal shield. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it only lasts as long as the blooms last, and they only last a couple of minutes. So they're still working on it, but it's cool. And the rest of the class kind of likes that. So, And then they they go in and they, you know, they kind of get a tour, and then they go into the classroom and read some, do some reading and stuff. And as, and I just love this name. As they're leaving, <laughs> he asks, Uncle Devil, is Professor Hemophilius a vampire? <laughs> and Neville says, I can neither confirm nor deny. Mm-hmm. But don't but fall asleep. <laughs> in history of magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and, and we do have this, this wonderful vampire who's about 18 years old. And there's a portrait in there that kind of keeps him in line. And there's all these great rules. You can't look at him for more than a couple of seconds. Don't make eye contact. Whatever you do, don't open the curtains. And there's absolutely no fraternizing with him between classes. You're only allowed to ask questions during class. Don't seek him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so everybody is kind of freaked out a little bit before he even shows up. Mm-hmm. And then so he should have had history of magic in the, in the dungeons. It's dark down there. Yeah. And he's got it all. No sunlight. He's, he's totally got it set up like the Hufflepuff common room. It's all couches and cushy chairs and stuff like that. I love it. Oh, it's fast. And he can fall asleep yeah. after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know what? I think it's also a thing for, for, as a protection thing, you have, just open the curtains real fast if he does get a little anxious or crazy or something like that. Mm, maybe. So he he gives these historical facts, and Albus looks at him, and, and he doesn't, you know, really think about, okay, if he was bitten when he was 18 years old, he never ages. So right. he looks like he's 18, but he's really hundreds of years old. Albus doesn't get that. And he's like, you know, he's so young. How come he, he talks like he was there? And he says, and every once in a while he gets a little weird. He's like talking about the the battle and there was all this blood, this warm, coppery blood. And, and, and the portrait's like, <clears throat> oh, 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 yeah, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Every this. time he lingers next to one of the female students, he clears mm-hmm. his throat. Yeah. I like the uh, looks like history magic is going to be interesting. And Albert says, you mean it's going to be a pain in the neck? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, because there's a couple of one-liners in this thing, and it, it just makes it so, it makes it so adorable. Mm-hmm. And then Albus gets a note uh, on Friday. Mm-hmm. We move on to Friday, and Albus gets a note from Hagrid. Um, he and Rose are supposed to come down and have dinner, and their new friend is welcome as well. And uh, See you at seven. I've got a surprise, but I won't tell you, so don't try to pry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're going to go and pry That's it out of not going to work. I shouldn't have told you that. see how long it takes us. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shouldn't have said that. And they, when they go to Transfiguration, Professor Bast has a block of ice for Albus to transform. Everybody else is, like, doing quills. Pine needles and pins. Pine pim. needles and pins. And he's got a block of ice into a piece of wood because his wand is so powerful. And he keeps exploding it, so... Rose and Scorpius are just covered in ice shavings, but Professor Bass just very calmly replaces the block of ice each time. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he does get some sort of wood grain in it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Scorpius is, he's having trouble, and, and Rose leans over and says, your wrist is too loose. Cause At it's, first it's too stiff, and now it's too loose. Right, well, hers was too stiff, and his is too loose. So the, between the two of them, they ought to do really well. Hmm. Yeah, so apparently Rose's thing is transfiguration, and Scorpius is better at charms. Mm-hmm. And then they have defense against the dark arts, but it, it's kind of boring. For a guy with all of those trophies, he just sort of goes over the book. Yeah, he he's not much fun. Yeah, but you're just these are first years. I mean, come on, yeah, really? They're not supposed to have much fun. No, I think it makes sense, but Albus is uh, hoping for more. <laughs> yeah, well, hoping and getting is two different things. And then, right. Then they uh, go down to Hagrid's, and of course he's got a big old dog. It's just a puppy, and it, yeah. it's bang number bang four. four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drooling all over Scorpius. And they got him eating rock cakes, and poor Scorpius having a heck of a time. And they get out of him that, yeah. out of Hagrid, that the surprise is a he. And, uh. All he could, all they managed to get out of him is he'll see when he gets here. Mm-hmm. And then here's a rugged outdoor looking fellow with a crew cut and a big red mustache and a claw scar and across one cheek. And a goatee, and he's wearing a dragon hide overcoat and an earring, and he says, does somebody order a flying instructor? And it's Charlie Weasley. Mm-hmm. Not in a towel. Boo! No, in dragon hide <laughs> Charlie in a towel. Goodness gracious. Aww. Yep. This is sort of a cross between Charlie and Moody. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of. Yeah. I get kind of, well, you know, it's older. Dragons will beat you up. They will. And apparently he yeah, took up know. Bill's habit of having an earring at some point and grew a mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love this description of Charlie. He wasn't one to visit often, most holidays, but when he was around, his re- relatives usually made an effort to be accommodating. Albus's mom once said, he was like a wild beast visiting your yard. You want to keep seeing it so you don't crowd it hoping it will feel comfortable enough to come back more often. So, Uncle Charlie's a wild beast. Mm-hmm. A beast. And he and Hagrid have a great conversation about dragons for a while. Of course. Uh-huh. And Scorpius went in, has great mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, he, he forgets to be cool. And he... Yeah. And Albus no, is kind of not surprised that Uncle Charlie's the one that's going to teach him how to fly, because... Once upon a time, there was a snitch-catching contest between Charlie and Harry, and Charlie beat Harry. And it was the coolest flying he'd ever seen. The legend that was Uncle Charlie. Yes, <laughs> the legend. Yep. And I, they head back, and Scorpius is like, that's your uncle? <laughs> How come my family's not cool? Yep. So, and then... Yeah, we say that, too. Yeah. You're just having all kinds of trouble there. I know. know. Spiders and stink bugs, oh my. You need to have a talk with your cat. I'll send the dog over. Yeah, Flurry will come close to eat. Apparently, I have a flavor. Yeah, it's called roast beef. I've been (laughs) licked within an inch of my life. (laughs) And I'm still getting... Look, the back of my neck does not taste like roast beef. Stop that. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. At least she just likes the salt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Pure and salt logs. 
Oh, stop. Yep, she does. Mm-hmm. She's being very talkative today. I don't know what's going on. She missed She's you. She's had the plate. She missed me. <laughs> she missed us. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Parking. Hush. So the next morning, Albus... Albus is a little bit concerned because mm-hmm. the two things that he's heard about this whole idea is... Don't worry, he won't hurt you, and hope he doesn't scar you for life. Mm-hmm. And kind of, there, there's a lot of uh, room between those two things. Yeah. So, uh, oh God, sorry, <laughs> that was right in my ear. Oh Lord, and, and he, getting right in your ear too. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's heading out to where the Dragon Pavilion was from Harry's fourth year. And when he gets there, Uncle Charlie's got his tent set up and he's having some breakfast, which I think is weird because Charlie spent the night with Crumb on the boat, but now he's got a tent set up. Maybe. I don't know. And he says, all right, are you ready to fly? And Elvis isn't sure about it, but, you know, all right. Oh, let's go. Yeah, but I would imagine that Elvis is not going to say, I don't want to do this. Right. To his famous Uncle Charlie. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's got a little rem- reminiscing going on. He says, I remember the day your dad faced the Hungarian, Hungarian Horntail. She was gorgeous but nasty. But he won my respect that day because he treated her as an intelligent creature. He didn't trick her or try to disable her like the rest did. And so that made Charlie really respect him. And... Part of what he's saying about that is Harry was using the dragon's instincts, whereas everyone else was just kind of trying to get past them. Mm-hmm. And he figures with as many good flyers in his family as he has, Albus has some flying instincts. They just have to get him to turn his brain off a little bit so he doesn't worry about it so much. Right. And <laughs> they go and get the broom, and Albus is impressed because this is a Nimbus Millennium, right. which is apparently a pretty great broom. Mm-hmm. He likes brooms. He just doesn't like flying on them. Flying on them. <laughs> and we'll find out why in a minute. And basically, he, he, Charlie does his sticking charm. So he's stuck to the broom. And Albus, like, looks around and he says, like, why are the twigs scorched? And Charlie says, well, your biggest instinct is self-preservation. And he <laughs> bangs on the crate and he says, and here's my dragon, Ringo. And Albus is like, a, a, a dragon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little Chinese fireball that likes to chase the broom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better be in the air when he comes out. I'm counting to ten. One. Yeah, he will kill you. That's all Two. I Yeah, I love Albus. No, but my mom's going to kill you. I was going to say, Ginny's going to kill Charlie. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Play nice. And out comes the dragon. And poor Albus is like, it's not as big as I thought it was, but it's a dragon! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. And then he gets mad. Mm -hmm. What happens when he gets mad? He starts trying to fight back. He slows down to the dragon's right on his heels, and he breaks, yanks the broom to one side and rolls and breaks, and then he's chasing the dragon. And around and around and around they go. And then nobody knows. The dragon dives for his crate and hides. Yes! Yes! I did it! Ah! 
And Charlie is laughing his head off. And, and Elvis has pulled his wand on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Charlie... I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him either. I'd be not happy if somebody set a dragon on me. And Albus breaks a rock and shatters it into Charlie's face to get his attention. And then requests in a very menacing voice that he take the sticking charm off me now. And Albus starts off. He's mad and he's leaving. He's not sticking around anymore. And Charlie's got a Petrificus Totalis him. And he says, I hate you, Uncle Charlie. And Charlie says, yeah, I know. But guess what? You flew. And I was like, I did? And Charlie says, yeah, you did. Come here, you're safe. And he shows him that the dragon was really just something he made. He was transfigured, and it really isn't there. It's an illusion. Yeah. And then Albus realizes that he was never in danger. But Charlie also says, you thought you were, and like your father, you won my respect today. Because you turned your turned this around on the dragon, and you were chasing him. And then we move to the next chapter. They continue to fly around and do a little bit of quaffle throwing, and Ringo comes up back every now and then just mm-hmm. for fun. And then they back to the tent, and Albus apologizes for threatening him. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. But Charlie says, well, I'm lucky you blasted the rock to pieces instead of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because with that wand, he probably could have. So he heads back to the cellar, and he goes to bed, and he has a dream. And in his dream, he's got a choice. He's he's dreams that he's sleeping in the tent with Charlie, and he wakes up, and he kind of walks out to where Ringo's box is, and he starts thinking about how all of his life he's been picked on because it's easier just to let people get away with it than to fight back. And then he thinks about what it means to be a Hufflepuff, and what it means to be a badger. And that badgers are sort of unassuming, but if you rile one up, you're in big trouble. Cause yeah, have you seen one of the tiny badgers videos? Holy shit, they're scary. They're mean critters. It's the honey badger. Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a jackal. Oh my gosh. Oh, the honey badgers are just crazy. The honey badger has been referred to by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most fearless animal in all of the animal kingdom. It really doesn't give a shit. If it's hungry, it's hungry. Ew, what's that in its mouth? Oh, it's got a cobra. And he decides he's not going to take it anymore. So he goes in and he wakes Charlie up and he says, I've got some conditions. (laughs) And Charlie says, what do you mean? I, I want to talk to you. And he says, I can't let you get away with what you did to me yesterday. And Charlie's like, well, you were afraid of the broom, and I had to do something. And we find out what happened and why he was afraid of the broom. And basically, Albus and Fred, not Albus, James and Fred, little Fred, did a sticking charm on him the very first time he tried to ride the broom. And then they hexed the broom. And he got drugged through the orchard and bashed and battered and pretty much had broken bones and a concussion and just, I mean, everything you can think of if you think of a broom that you're attached to ricocheting off of all the trees in the ground and everything in the orchard. 
And Charlie mm-hmm. says, I carried you to St. Mungo's and you never, ever cried. You were so brave. You mm-hmm. were in tons of pain and you never cried. And he wanted to take James and Fred and beat them up for doing it. Mm-hmm. So he decided he should never have kids. Mm-hmm. If they were, if they had been my kids, they would have been taking Skelligro right alongside you and going through all of that pain too, because they needed to know what they did to you. Albus has the ultimate threat though. I am going to tell my mom how I learned to fly. And I can either give her all the details or I can just give her a few details. It's up to you. And Charlie's like, if you tell your mom she's going to kill me, then she's going to get creative. (laughs) She's going to resurrect me and she's going to kill me again slower. And then she's going to resurrect me and she's going to kill me again. And she'll curse me back to hell. Mm -hmm. So he wants to know what is Albus just looks at him. He says, I want a broom. I need one for Quidditch. Yeah. And, uh, I want your broom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Charlie says, that's, and Charlie says well, that, that's a pretty expensive broom. Well, yes, I could also, uh, I could also send an owl to Molly. <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> okay. You slimy little you black villain. You slimy little black villain. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, by the way, anyone who could create an, an illusionary dragon could probably transfigure a broom to match Hufflepuff colors. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, spell my name out on its handle, gold letters. Yep. <laughs> Full name? Why not? Yeah. And then he says, I've only ever seen another dragon fly like that. You fly like a dragon. And Albus says, no, sir. I fly like a badger. Woohoo, badgers! Oh, sorry. And then Albus mm-hmm. wakes up. Yes, he does. After uh, Scorpius rudely awakens him. <laughs> Are you awake? I am now. No, he was awake before, but um, then Scorpius yells at him after while he's mm-hmm. thinking about things. Yeah. He doesn't really know if he could actually talk to his Uncle Charlie like that or not, but maybe. <laughs> and they go down to breakfast together and Rose is there and apparently Rose is not a morning person and she's apparently already caused doom and destruction and there's a wide berth around her because people don't want to be anywhere near her. And Scorpius is relieved that there's no howler this morning. So that was nice for him. And then Albus gets some mail and he's somehow not surprised to see it's a broom. No. And uh, there's a letter from Charlie since he made it back to Romania and uh, he realized just before he left the country that if he ever wants to come back to it, he needs him to not tell Ginny and Molly how exactly he learned to fly. So here's a bribe for you. Mm-hmm. And P.S. I made some alterations. Somehow I knew you'd appreciate. And it's the broom he talked about in his dream. Right. Which is really kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You just don't know how that happened. And we'll have to wait till next week to find out. Yeah. Maybe maybe a week after. Who knows? <laughs> Next time. And on Potterfic Weekly, right. I like the um, author's notes as a thought of the day in each of these chapters. And this one says, The mascot of a badger, when taken in conjunction with the other mascots, lion, eagle, snake, at first seems like the weakest of the lot. But one thing I found out from reading is a badger, unlike these others, is a passive animal who needs to feel cornered or threatened before it attacks. 
But at the same time, the shape of a badger's jaw prevents the possibility of dislocation. So once a badger bites down, you can't pry it loose. In summary, a badger will not attack unless provoked, but once it's engaged, it will fight until the finish. Kind of makes J.K.'s mascot choice for Hufflepuff another example of her genius, doesn't it? So there you go. There you go. So, this is... Well, if you, and if you think about it, though, all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're talking about Gryffindor's lion, once you provoke it, you're done. Yep. It's not going anywhere until it's done. It's the same thing with the snake, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing with an eagle. That's true. I mean, all of them, all of them have that that same characteristic of don't poke me with a stick because if you do, you face the consequences. Right. Yeah, badgers like that too. Badgers, you know, you're you're talking, you know, lions hunt and eagles hunt and snakes hunt and badgers uh, just wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So yeah. Just an observation. But it's a good observation, and it's true. It, but I like that, you know, he's saying if you look at them, then you're looking at a lion, an eagle, a snake, and you're thinking, oh, well, a badger's not really that big of a deal. But if you think about it, badgers really do. Badgers are in good company in that group. Right. Yeah, so. they are. It's, it's not that one of these things is not like the other because mm-hmm. they all do it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we're shaping up here. We've got Albus ready to play Quidditch, and we've got Scorpius ready to play Quidditch. We've got... He's just about to get a broom. That's one of the things we missed in defense class just before they left. Uh, the professor said, um, he's ordered a broom, and he's going to make some extra enchantments to it, he thinks, but mm-hmm. uh, they should have it for him on Monday. Yeah. So... And we've met, I think we've met all the cast of characters now. So we've got, uh, mm-hmm. Professor Hemophilius and we've got the, uh, goblin caretaker. We have the new defense against the dark arts teacher who seems rather boring, but maybe something will happen. And so there's things are shaping up to start going on. We, we've kind of got the backstory going. And mm-hmm. things are going to start getting some weird interesting. Stuff I going think. on with Cormac, and there's some weird stuff going on with Albus, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to next time to see where where it's going to go next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been enjoying this story. Yeah, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised about it. What? <laughs> I have been pleasantly surprised about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I heard. I, 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 it was like, I, I know she's talking. <laughs> I just can't hear her. <laughs> she's louder for me. It's coming in pretty good on the recording, so. Okay, that's good. And if I turned it up, I would be blasted out by Sue. Mm-hmm. And Scott's not so loud, but Trisha is like in another room. And I have to, well, you know what? I haven't played with it on this computer yet. But on the other computer, I was always the lowest and really hard to hear during when I was editing. Mm. So I usually have to turn myself up or you can't hear me at all on the recording. That could be different now. I don't know. Because, I, like I said, I haven't mm. edited any of these new ones, on anything on the new computer that we've recorded this way. Oh, see, I'm sorry. 
That's I right. have to go to bed too. Yeah, well, we're done, so you can go to bed. Did you have any more thoughts besides you're pleasantly surprised with this? I'm pleasantly surprised that Edgecombe did it. Okay, Edgecombe did it. Edgecombe did it. <laughs> <laughs> Edgecombe. Oh, it's Edgecombe. <laughs> Poor Edgecombe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There you go. Thank you, Kelly. (laughs) I know. It's good to have you back, Kelly. It was neat that you came on to to see if I was flooding so we could drag you in here. Yeah. um, You know, we're we're doing this podcast and it'll be released who knows when, but Sue's uh, immediate um, geographical area has been experiencing like torrential rain and snow early in the season. I mean, it's only the tomorrow will be the beginning of October. And, and um, uh, I, I was afraid she had floated away. They were, they had flooding in Portland and, mm-hmm. and snow in the mountains and, and 70 mile an hour winds. And it was just like, wow. So, yeah, it's been uh, kind of crazy. That's been, it was nice. Sure. Well, that's good that it's nice there. Yeah. Except of course, you know, we start, Postseason baseball and the day we're supposed to start it, it's supposed to, you know, thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, join us next time. Mm-hmm. When we find out what's going to happen and maybe we'll find out, I, like I said, it's been a long time since I read it, so I don't know when we find out what <laughs> the big bad thing is that happens because, you know, Something's got to happen. There usually is one. Yeah. And, uh. Okay. I got to go be the tooth fairy. Okay. Well, you go be the tooth fairy. Good night, Trisha. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Good night, tooth All fairy. Right. Shall we say good night and, and get the, close out the podcast real fast? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I think we've both, um, covered it mostly. It's I think we just say need to say. Story. I'm enjoying it so far, and I guess we'll see what happens next. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Or should I say, bye. 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 So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.